أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وبعد Last time we had this majlis we spoke about the طبقة of خاجة موين الدين جشتي رحمه الله تبارك وتعالى and how he came to uh, India at the direction of his Sheikh uh, uh, Khaja Usman Harwani Rahimuhum Allah Tabarak Wa Ta'ala Wa Allah Ta'ala Asrarahum So today uh, uh, we wanted to mention <coughs> the name of his uh, uh, most well-renowned Khulafa uh, his most well-renowned Khalifa I should say from amongst his Khulafa we had mentioned last time that there were about 14 or 15 people who he had given his khilafah to, and they did great work of spreading and propagating the deen. Uh, when we say khilafah, it's not a khilafah in the tariqah, rather it is an ijazah that a person should go and teach people the sacred name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and that's what uh, that's what the silsila and, and, and tasawwuf, not just that of the chishtis, but of all of the Muslims is about that you should teach people the sacred name of Allah Ta'ala and instruct them in how to repeat it again and again and how to keep the responsibility and the commandments that come with carrying the sacred name with you. Uh, it's not about calling people to yourself or to your personality or to your cult or to your weird uh, group or to dress a certain way or to speak a certain way uh, other than the way that the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam dressed and the way he spoke and uh, the way he went about things. So... Uh, the idea was for the next several majalis to uh, uh, tell about the, the 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 kind of most famous mashayikh of the silsila um, who are considered like the heroes of the Indian subcontinent and Islam in the Indian subcontinent. So the 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 Khalifa from amongst the the Khulafa of the Sheikh that was well, most well known and through whom the the silsila propagated and is still extant is uh, Hazrat Sheikh Qutbuddin Bakhtiyar Kaki. Uh, there are very few names, Ajami names that I, I like. But Bakhtiyar is one of them. It's a Persian name, uh, which literally means the, 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 the friend of destiny, or the lover of destiny. Uh, that a person who has who, whose uh, fate is so good, it's as if destiny is their, 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 their friend. This is the Sheikh Qutbuddin Bakhtiyar Kaki. Hazrat Shaykh is from amongst the uh, Akabir of the Awliya. He was Mustajabu Da'wat, meaning one who would make a dua uh, which was readily accepted. His lineage uh, 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 links through that of the Ahlul Bayt of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with Sayyidina Ja'far al-Sadiq, rahimahullah ta'ala. Ja'far al-Sadiq is the grandson, he's the Majma al-Bahrain, he's the grandson both of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and of Sayyidina Abu Bakr siddiq radiallahu anhu because his father is uh, uh, Muhammad al-Baqir, the son of Ali Zain al-Abidin, the son of al-Husayn, the son of Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhum and Fatima radiallahu ta'ala anha, the daughter of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And from his mother's side, his mother is... Uh, his mother is the daughter of Al-Qasim bin Muhammad bin Abi Bakr, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Al-Qasim bin Muhammad bin Abi Bakr uh, um, is the son of Muhammad bin Abi Bakr. Muhammad bin Abi Bakr and Sayyidina Hussain radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, 
Both of them participated in the conquest of Madain, which was the imperial capital of the Sasanian Persians. The Arabic name of the, the city was uh, Madain, uh, and the Persian name was Tisfun, uh, of, of the Sasanian imperial capital. And so when they conquered the, their, their uh, capital, uh, two daughters of the royal house were taken as slaves, uh, uh, and those two sisters were given in the share in the lot of of, of Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Sayyidina Muhammad bin Abi Bakr rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala. And uh, uh, in that sense also there's a link between the the, the house of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and the house of Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu because the children of those are then going to be first cousins because their mothers are sisters. <laughs> so... Uh, Jafar al-Sadiq uh, 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 is the, the, the ancestor of Khaja Kutbuddin Bakhtiar Kaki. He was born near the town of Ash. This town is situated in modern-day Kyrgyzstan. Uh, it is an Uzbek-speaking city in Kyrgyzstan. Um, there was actually a Jamaat from Ash that came to Dar Salaam Masjid like two years ago. And so they said which town they were from. I said... MashaAllah, many of our mashaykh came from here. So not just one, not just Khaja Kutbuddin Bakhtiar Akaki, but there's also one Sirajuddin Aushi, uh, who's from Ash as well. Um, and it's said that Kaki is a village near Ash, uh, although some people attribute the name to something else. He was born in the middle of the night, however, on account of the abundance of the Anwar, uh, 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 of his birth, people had thought that the dawn had broken. When he was one and a half years old, his father Sayyid Kamaluddin bin Ahmed, uh, bin Sayyid Musa rahimullah ta'ala passed away. Uh, and this is something you see with many of the awliya that their, their life pattern follows the life pattern of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and that they are, they're, they're orphans. When he was five years old, uh, his mother sent him with a neighbor to a muallim, uh, to, to a teacher. Along the way they met a buzurg, a, a, a sheikh and asked, uh, the sheikh asked, where are you taking this lad? Uh, he said, you can tell South African translated the book. He said, where are you taking this, this lad? Uh, when he was told that the boy was being taken to the maktab, he said, leave him with me. I shall trust, entrust him to a muallim. The neighbor left the child with the, the, the sheikh who took him to Khaja Abu Hafs Aushi. Uh, the Buzurg said to Khaja Abu Hafs, it's the command of the Ahkamul Hakimin that should treat this young boy with great care. The Buzurg then left, uh, uh, Hazrat Ustad putting the hand of affection on the young boy's head said, You are most fortunate because Sayyidina Khidr has entrusted you to me. It is said that when Khaja Qutbuddin reached Ash, he was four years and four months old. He was brought to Hazrat Shaykh uh, for uh, his ta'aleem and deen. Uh, as Hazrat took the slate to write something, he was informed by a voice that ac- the academic knowledge of Qutbuddin has been uh, uh, entrusted to Qazi Hamiduddin Nagori. Hazrat Shaykh therefore put down the slate. He then completed the Quran under Qazi Hamiduddin. This episode is briefly referred to in the book Ta'alim al-Din. It is written that the Hatif, the, the voice of the unseen. Hatif is the, 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 the word in modern Arabic for phone. But that's, that's what the literal meaning of the word Hatif is, that the voice that comes from the unseen. Uh, it's, it's, it was written that a voice from the Hatif uh, instructed Qazi Hamiduddin to close his eyes. Uh, within uh, moments, he himself reached the place where Qutbuddin was. Taking the slate, he said, O oh, Qutbuddin, what should I write? The boy then said to him, 
write Subhanallah Asra bi Abdihi Laylan. That glory be to uh, the one who took his servant by night. Qazi Saab, in astonishment, asked him about his knowledge of the Quran. Uh, the boy said, I memorized fi- 15 ajza by my mother. Uh, within four days, he learned the other uh, 15 ajza under Qazi Hamiduddin. This, by the way, out of all the other miracles which people might roll their eyes and say, yeah, that's likely. This actually is not something that, that doesn't happen. I mean, this happens to this day, right? The people memorize the Quran in like a miraculously short amount of time. It's not like every kid does it, but like, uh, I mean, it does happen. It's not unheard of. As he approached his bulu, his maturity, he developed an intense desire for the uh, ulum of the batin, of the heart. He therefore entered into the company of Khaja Muinuddin. On the 5th of Rajab, he took bay'ah with uh, him in the Masjid of Abu Layth. In the, uh, at the age of 17, the mantle of caliphate was conferred on him. The khilafah, meaning the, the ijazah and tasawwuf from his shaykh. He was the first, very first khalifa of Khaja Muinuddin. On the instruction of his shaykh, he took up residence in Dili. When Hazrat Qutbuddin Bakhtiyar Kaki took up residence in Dili, he would not accept a gift from anyone. He remained mustagrak, uh, which literally means drowned uh, in, uh, in divine contemplation, which made him oblivious to his surroundings. During these days, he had no servant to tend to the needs of the house. Sharafuddin, a Muslim shop owner, was his neighbor. Sometimes Sharafuddin, his wife, would visit uh, Hazrat Sheikh's wife. At times, there was absolutely nothing to eat in the house. On one such occasion, Hazrat's wife acquired a very small loan from the neighbor's wife, just sufficient for some food. One day this woman said to Hazrat's wife, If I had not given you the loan, you would have starved to death. This statement hurt Hazrat's wife, who resolved never to ask again for a loan. Sometime thereafter, she informed Hazrat Sheikh of this incident. After a brief pause, Hazrat said, You should not borrow anything from this woman. Pointing to a shelf, Hazrat Sheikh said, When in need, recite Bismillah and take cake from it and distribute it to whoever you will. Thereafter, she would always do so, taking from the shelf and distributing to it. Whenever she placed her hand on the shelf, cake would be present. For this reason, his title, uh, Kaki, was so famous. Kak is like a, a word for like a baked piece of bread in, 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 in Arabic. In the Alam al-Arwah, Rasulullah said to Khaja Muinuddin that Qutbuddin is Allah's friend and the mantle of caliphate should be conferred upon him. The spiritual kingdom or wilayah of Dili was also assigned to Qutbuddin by the command of Allah Ta'ala. Uh, so these types of statements, when you read them in a book, right, uh, there is something that the Shaykh Zakaria Rahimullah Ta'ala mentioned uh, in the tabaqa regarding Khaja Muinuddin Chishti as well, that all of the, all of the things that the Anbiya Muslim enjoyed publicly as a proof of their nubuwa, the awliya enjoy privately, but it's not as if to divulge those things to people. Uh, and so, as a matter of aqidah, if somebody claims that I saw in kashf or in a dream or something that Allah Ta'ala told me this or Allah Ta'ala told me that, it's not, it's not wahi. Even if they are hearing it from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, it bears absolutely no legal, uh, it bears no, no legal uh, uh, or, or creedal significance. Uh, and it doesn't bear any significance even for the person if the experience is genuine for anyone other than the person who's having it. And the person who's having it themselves is very interesting. The mashayikh say, this is also a point of our aqidah, that shaitan can come to you in the form of Allah Ta'ala, but shaitan can't come to you in the form of the Prophet Sallallahu But even if someone sees the Prophet Sallallahu in a dream, 
whatever he says has significance only for the person who's hearing it. And it's not adept to divulge it to other people or tell other people about it, except for if you're making mashra, like I'm trying to interpret this experience, people have experiences. Sometimes the, the, the mashaykh, the elder mashaykh and senior mashaykh understand what they mean. So you just to make mashra in order to understand what does this thing mean. Or if so I saw this and I, Allah Ta'ala said this and that to see the shaykh will ask questions to see is this actually a, a divine experience uh, that a person had or is it just, uh, you know, shaitan messing with them? What is the actual meaning of it, etc., etc.? Uh, and so these things, uh, the mashaykh, this is within the co- the confines of the people who took the deen from these people, that they divulge these stories about it to one another. It doesn't mean that somebody believes that the mashaykh are receiving wahi or that they're like anbiya or anything like that. Even if a person uh, uh, a person is a, as a matter of creed, uh, allowed to believe that, not believe that any of these stories are true, and you can't really reproach them for that, and b. Um, even if they believe that they're true, they don't carry any significance that changes the deen. And I think that the greatest proof actually of the wilayah of these people is that despite all of these things, A, they never made any claim to change the deen, B, they're the ones who serve the deen the most uh, in the first place. And so they share these uh, stories in the context of, of that, that these things were all signs to them to take up the responsibility of uh, of, of championing, championing and, and, and serving and preserving and propagating Islam. Once during his stay in Dili, he went to Ajmer to stay at his sheikh's khanqa. The people of Dili were grieved considerably by the separation. After appealing to Hazrat Sheikh Muinuddin, he was sent back. Beside his other acts of ibadah, he would every night recite the, the, the Salat and Salam on the Prophet wasallam 3,000 times. When he got married, he was unable to keep up this uh, uh, regimen uh, for about two or three nights. His servant, Anis Ahmed, saw in a dream a beautiful place. A huge gathering was outside the palace. Uh, he saw a beautiful palace. A huge gathering was outside the palace, but nobody was entering. However, there was a, 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 a buzurg, an elder of short physical stature, who was going in and out. It transpired that the Messenger of Allah wasallam was inside the palace. This buzurg elder who, uh, who was going in and out was uh, uh, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He would carry the messages of the outsiders into the palace. Anis Ahmed, the servant, expressed a desire to visit, uh, and hence he asked permission to enter. From the palace it was said, You are not yet worthy of visiting. However, convey our salams to Qutbuddin and inform him for three days his gift has not arrived. Another uh, practice of Hazrat Shaykh was 100 raka'at of nafil daily. For those of us who are suffering from Taraviyaitis, Another ma'mul of Hazrat Shaykh was 100 raka'ahs of salat daily. He was generally in the state of istighraq, uh, or drowned in divine contemplation. When somebody came to visit him, uh, 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 when somebody came to visit him, he would only become aware of the person's presence after some time. He had performed many karamat or miracles. His passing from this world. Uh, once he heard a man reciting the following couplet in Persian, uh, 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 that those slain by the dagger of, of, of Allah's pleasure and submission are granted a new life every time. He lapsed into a state of, of intoxication for four days and on the fifth day he died. Qajar Shamsuddin Iltumush, the Sultan of uh, Dili, uh, gave him ghusl. Thereafter, uh, Hazrat Shaykh's Khalifa, Khaja Abu Sa'id, 
Tabrizi read out Hazrat's wasiyah, and his wasiyah was written, my janaza salah should be performed by the person who never committed a haram act uh, with a female, never missed the sunnah raka'ahs of asr, and who never missed the first takbir in the, uh, 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 in the uh, congregational prayer. Hearing these conditions, a silence fell on the crowd. After some time, the sultan stepped forward and said, I desired my condition to remain concealed, but Hazrat Sheikh has exposed it. And this is, uh, this is a, uh, 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 this is this is an interesting story. It says Hazrat Akhdas Mulana Ashraf Ali Tanwi Rahimullah Taala narrated this episode in the following way. He said Hazrat Sheikh Qaja Qutbuddin Bakhtiar made wasiya uh, his last instruction, stating that his janaza should be performed by a man who never casts his gaze on a non-mahram woman his entire life. <clears throat> Great people, ulama, mashaykh, etc., were present, but all were bewildered and said, "How will such a person be found?" Finally, when the people lost hope, Sultan Iltimush was constrained to reveal himself. He said, if Hazrat had not instructed, I would have never exposed myself. However, since the Sheikh himself has revealed the secret, I have to say to Allah Ta'ala, uh, I have to say that Allah Ta'ala has bestowed this ni'mah to me. And he conducted the, the janazah of, uh, of Sheikh. So this uh, Sultan Iltimush, <coughs> he was uh, 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 a Mamluk slave king. Uh, the the Mamluk dynasty of Egypt is well known. Saifuddin uh, 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 Qutuz and Rukunuddin Babers and uh, 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 Sultan Qalawun, uh, uh, Ashraf Khalil. These were very pious people. They were basically Turkic slave warriors that that took over. They seized the state from from the corrupt. Uh, 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 the corrupt rulers before them, the, the descendants of Sultan Salahuddin Ayyubi, who basically brothers would war with one another and make take sides with crusaders and do all kind of nonsense that was weakening the the, the position of the Muslims. So they overthrew the government and they set up a, a meritocracy <coughs> amongst themselves, by which by, through Mashra the the the, the slave uh, the slave soldiers in their ranks they would they would pr- propel forward people not based on their their lineage, but on their their competence and their loyalty and their trustworthiness and and other good characteristics that they had. So the Mamluk dynasty in Egypt was was well known. A lot of people don't know that there was a similar dynasty uh, that happened in in India, and uh, this is a story that my own sheikh told me in the Khanqa in a majlis, much like this one, uh, uh, much like this one in in the sense that it happened after Taraweeh, but. In many ways, it was unlike this one. But uh, the uh, he said this that the Khaja um, Qutbuddin Bakhtiar Kaki didn't enter Delhi as a just like as a visitor or, or as a person who immigrated. Rather, he was part of the army that uh, conquered Delhi from uh, from the Mushrikeen, uh, and the the conquering army was also led by a, a Turkic slave king by the name of. Qutbuddin uh, Aybek. Uh, uh, Aybek was a, like a really rough riding, rough, tough uh, 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 warrior. And uh, essentially he was part of the army of Qutbuddin Aybek that, 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 that conquered Delhi. And they, like, they ransacked and smashed the, 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 the temples where uh, idols were worshipped. And they actually uh, made Delhi into a, a Muslim 
a Muslim city, which is how it remained until the British sacked it uh, in the uh, reign of Bahadur Shah Zafar, uh, the last Mughal emperor. Uh, and so the <clears throat> the first masjid that they built in Delhi is actually a masjid called Quwatul Islam, which means literally the, the might of Islam. And the, the, the masjid itself is built by the, the hewn stone blocks that are uh, that were, were, were basically carved out of broken idols. Uh, and they say that the, the masjid is still there, that they say that even some of the bricks, if you pull them out and flip them around, you can see the frescoes or the features of the, the idols that they were made out of from before. So, you know, it's nice, mashallah, everyone's like, yeah, well, I follow a tolerant version of Islam known as Sufism. Good for you. Uh, you know, maybe you should use your library card more often. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say to people like that, but mashallah, you know, someone might say, well, maybe then, you know, Sufis weren't that tolerant after all. Look, you know, you worship idols, you're going to go to the hellfire. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was sent to save people from the hellfire. And this was the, the, the concern, this is the concern that people had. And if someone believes that, that, that uh, you know, that there's a way to Allah's rida, except for through his tawheed, um, then I can understand why a person would maybe have a, a, some objection to this. But there isn't, and Allah Ta'ala categorically said that there isn't. And so uh, this is like the stern hand of a parent rather than the, the, the vengeance of, uh, of, of a warlike people. And in fact, even... Even Khaja Qutb, uh, Khaja Muinuddin Chishti, uh, he was a, he was, he, Mulaqab, the Sufis call him the Fatih of Hind, not just because he was the first one who made this large scale da'wah toward Islam, uh, uh, but also that when, uh, Ajmer itself was, uh, uh, um, was conquered by, uh, uh, Shihabuddin Ghori, I believe. Uh, when Ajmer was conquered by Shihabuddin Ghori, he also let, at the age, like something in his 70s or 80s, he left the city and he, uh, 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 came back into the city in armor and in horseback with the conquering army. Uh, which means what? That there were people that they believed in the project of Islam. It wasn't like a part-time hobby that they did on Sundays or whatever. I mean, it was, it was something very serious for them. Uh, and so, uh, this is, this is, uh, Sultan, uh, uh, Iltumush, uh, who was the Sultan of Delhi after Qutbuddin Aybek. Aybek died playing polo. Polo, because what is it? You, you're on horseback, you have a mallet, and you, you hit a ball. It was basically a war game. It was a game to tra uh, train people for war. You can't constantly just be riding around lopping people's heads off. I mean, I guess they used to do that if you're like a shogun in Japan and like you can find a common or a criminal or whatever, you test your sword out on them. But, you know, as much propaganda and hype about the violence of Muslims as we have, we didn't, we didn't used to do stuff like that. So he was essentially playing polo and he slipped from his his uh, horse in a polo accident and broke his neck. Uh, 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 Sultan uh, uh, Iltamash was uh, uh, a, a a Turkic slave king after him and the uh, the Turks valued piety uh, amongst their, their, their own uh, commanders as well. And he was a he was a very pious, but he was known to be a very pious man, a very righteous man, and uh, he was a a, a, a disciple of of Khaja Qutbuddin and uh, Bakhtiar, and he uh, he showed exposed his his uh, wilaya to the people. Hazrat Sheikh passed away on the fourteenth or the twenty fourth of Rabiul Awal in the year six thirty three or six forty four on a Saturday. His grave is in the town of Mahroli. He had many khulafa, 
The names of 22 appear in the books. However, the Silsila continued only with three. Khada Farid din Ganj Shakar, Sheikh Badr din Ghaznawi, and Shah Khidr Kalandrawi. Khaja Shamsuddin Al-Tamash, the Sultan of Dili, was also from amongst this famous Khulafa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on him and have mercy on our, our, our forefathers uh, and, and the people who uh, worked hard to bring the deen to different places and transmit the deen. For a person who's wondering, okay, well, I live in America in 2017 and uh, mashallah, I have a red Make America Great Again dopey uh, that I wear. And so what does what does uh, Khaja Qutbuddin Bakhtiar have anything to do with me? The fact of the matter is that the madaris in which uh, uh, the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ was retained and propagated in India from, they're all the madaris of Dili. Even Darulum Deoband itself, it was essentially a place where the kind of the, the scattered fragments of the, the, the scholarly culture of the city of Dili were reconstructed. And it was such a robust like apparatus that they had for teaching and retaining the ulum and understanding uh, the deen of Allah Ta'ala, that uh, even its, you know, shattered fragments are, are uh, uh, you know, they're, they're having an effect on the world to this day, to the point where you can even study hadith in Medina, the sanad that you get is going to go through the madaris of Dili. None of that would have happened except for through the conquest of the city and through the endowments and the masajid that were, were, were made at that time. Even though the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ will not come to Dili for centuries after that, but the, the, you know, if you, if you want something, you have to find a way to pay for it. You have to have a place to house it. You have to have some, something set up for it. And that setup was all, uh, uh, due to the, 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 the sacrifices of those people who, uh, uh, conquered that place and, and set it aside as a, as a, a kind of a safe haven for Islam for as long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala willed. Uh, and so that's something that, that, all of us have a debt of gratitude for, and we have something to be thankful for, whether we know it or not. It very directly, uh, it very directly affects all of us. One of the things uh, I wanted to share also is that uh, look, you know, Ramadan is a time Allah Taala has set aside for uh, for people to cash in on their the rewards. So a couple of people have asked me, should I read slowly with tafakkur and tadabbur? with reflection and pondering over the Qur'an, or should I read quick and read as much as I can? I said, there's the whole rest of the year for you to ponder over it. And this time, read as much as you can. <laughs> this is like in the year, the analogy of this in the year is like the last part of the game show, when the person's running through the obstacle course, grabbing prizes left and right, and the clock is ticking. Uh, this, is, this is what the, the, you know, this is the part of the year that this is. It's not for anything else. For those of you who are fortunate to have free time, please don't waste it. Uh, please uh, spend your, your days praying in the masjid and your nights in taraweeh and, and spend your time with the masahif. If you can still take time off from your work, take it off. Um, you know, If you can avoid travel, if you can avoid any of these things, please do that. And uh, uh, if you can sit in the company of any of the pious ulama, uh, you know, you can go to the masjid al-Huda with Shaykh Tamim or you can go to uh, you know, the different i'tikaf programs that are under the supervisions of the ulama, like the one that they have in Dar Salaam, or like the ones that they have in different places, please uh, do so. Um, and when you're there, uh, you know, be like a soldier in the Salat al-Taraweeh. Don't be the one who is cowering behind, hiding behind other people. Be in the front row, and don't be like the one who turns the tuck's tail and runs 
when things become difficult, uh, rather be in the first row, keep your phone resolutely in your pocket or away from you, and until the salam is done with the, with with witter, you know, as far as you're able to, don't 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 move from your or flinch from your your position, uh, and you know, make these habits. If you make them when you're young, especially for the people who are in high school or college or whatever, if you make them now when you're young, then when you're when you become older and your heart fills with experience and with wisdom, your body will be able to endure the the the, the mujahadat that are needed in order for your heart to open up and your understanding to to open up. If you spend your entire youth uh, uh, wasting time, then when your heart has that capacity to to open up, your body won't. Your body, your habits, all of these things will will conspire in order to deprive you of uh, of, of of the prize of enlightenment. Uh, so whatever you can do it, even if right now it seems like you're not benefiting anything or gaining anything. Uh, trust me, if you're able to stand for twenty rakahs of taraweeh without like, you know, tucking tail and run. Uh, you already become like, mashallah, a, a great wali of Allah in the age that people don't have enough attention span to read anything more than a tweet. Uh, it's a great, it's a great uh, benefit that you'll have. It will benefit you in the dunya and the akhirah. It will benefit you in your school and in your work, uh, much less in your eternal life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. I only appreciate this ni'mah now that I have to run around from place to place and like not pray like, you know, Jum'ah and Taraweeh in the same masjid twice during Ramadan. Um, but the best Ramadans I had were those ones where where we had uh, uh, the ability to focus. And there's a hikmah for everything with Allah Ta'ala, so I'm not complaining. But those of you who have the ability to stay steadfast in your places, inshallah, please do so and don't... don't uh, don't waste a ni'mah while you have it. Barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu ta'ala rasulihi sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.